This is Ron Moss from the heart. I wanted to wait a couple of days before I talked about January the 6th, 2021. I wanted to try and figure out the best way to approach that day and other events that have taken place before that day and how our society continues to separate itself from each other. Um, I think that what we're beginning to see is the, the process of misinformation that is easily, easily to be told on social media that people can put out any conspiracy theories because one will understand that there's a good chance that a large group of people will believe it. Uh, it seems as though we're all attracted to certain agendas, and it does not matter whether they're true or false. We just have this attraction. So if one feels as though uh, the election was false and you get enough people to feel the same way, you know, if you start saying, let's say starting tomorrow, uh, we said that uh, the sky is blue. And we say that from now, or say the sky is black. And we say that from now until June, there's a good chance that you're going to have a group of people that's going to agree with you, even though you'll look up there and the sky is blue as blue can get. And that's kind of where we are as a society today. And, you know, I always try my best when I'm thinking about how I'm living. I try to think about the people behind me. And when I always say that, I mean the young people who we're supposed to be their examples. And and maybe, you know, it's time for us to not just talk about January the 6th and things that happened before January the 6th, uh, 2021, but to talk about how we can be better for their sake. You know, if you've if you've come to the conclusion that you are 25 years old, 35 years old, 45 years old, 55 years old, 65 years old, and you made a decision that you're going to hate people of color. You made a decision that <clears throat> that for somehow Donald Trump had the election stolen from him. Uh, you're going to believe that whatever you've decided to believe and nobody can change that, not even facts can do that because it would also appear that facts don't matter anymore it just whatever your opinion is and as long as you can get you know several people to buy into your opinion that's all that matters <clears throat> i wanted to do this a different way and i wanted to tell you just how easily uh data can be miscrewed uh, there was some data that came out not too long ago, and this is what was said. The image lists the following categories. Whites killing blacks, 2%. Police killing whites, 3%. Whites killing whites, 16%. Blacks killing whites, 81%. Police killing blacks, 1%. And blacks killing blacks, 97%. Uh, but unfortunately, 
when one looks at the true data, uh, the true data would be different. Uh, whether we want to accept it or not, uh, a true figure as it relates to homicide is that 80% of white murder victims are killed by whites. I would even fair to say, uh, just to say, just, you know, just as my own feeling a gut is that 90% of black killings are by blacks. And I would say, let's say 25, 30%. I'm not, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm not looking at the true data except for that one that was false. I looked at some FBI statistics, but now I'm coming through what I believe from my own perspective that I believe that maybe 30, 40% of black victims are killed by police officers. And that data could be lower. It's just that unfortunately, from a media perspective, we tend to make the news or we become more newsworthy when we are in the negative limelight opposed to the positive limelight. You're not going to see too many stories on black folks that do good stuff. You're more apt to see uh, the news showing us in a dimmer light, Uh, whether it's killing, whether it's something. It's never really anything positive, unfortunately. And so one would think that when you see those things that even the media, and and can we just kind of just bring it all home for a minute. I know these are things that people don't like to talk about, but and I don't mind talking about it because I I have no ill will against anyone. I have no ill will against a certain race. I just believe that, you know, if we if we want to talk about uh, something like systemic racism, if you want to talk about uh, the separation of races, if you want to talk about why this group of people hate this group of people, or this group of people don't believe in this group of people, you have to start with the core of what's going on in society right now. And let's just look at this piece for a second. You know, most of your media outlets are owned and operated by white folks. Uh, And I think anybody that would do research would come back and say that that statistic is true. That media is controlled by the majority of media. When we talk about major network stations, When we talk about major news stations, you know, they are controlled, I would say, probably 90 percent controlled, if not a higher data uh, by white people, by white executives, uh, white owners, you know, who control that outlet. Uh, I believe that social media, if we look at the history of social media, most of social media is controlled and owned and operated by white folks. Now, let me be very clear about what I'm saying. I don't believe that everybody's, every owner, every executive has any ill will against people of color. But I think that if you get used to a narrative, and if your narrative is when you're sitting in a a business meeting or sitting in a conference meeting, and the conversation is, okay, y'all, for us to keep our ratings up, we have to show what is newsworthy. It's not going to be newsworthy telling a a good heart story about a young 16-year-old African-American male 
who has went all the way through middle elementary and middle school on his way to high school is an honor student. That's not going to be so newsworthy, but it would be newsworthy if that same 16-year-old started robbing and killing and stealing cars while he was in elementary and middle school, and now he's a, 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 a full-fledged killer. That's going to be more popular to the news outlets. And so those stories are, are ones that's going to make the news more quicker than a, a, a feel-good story that will help motivate anyone of color or anyone that's not black to motivate them to say, hey, all folks aren't bad. All black, all young black males are not bad. <clears throat> all young black males are not killers. See, image in America, image in the universe, image is critical in this world. A lot of what we do and who we are is based on image. It's based on what we see. And if we see nothing but the negative of people, then we tend to believe the negative of people. It's an unfortunate thing, but it's the truth. If every time the news came on, let's be honest for a minute, every time the news came on, every time a news cycle came on and it talked about a white male killing another white male, it talked about a white male raping a white female. It talked about a white male bombing an institution. It talked about a white male doing whatever negative. Then the narrative would change on how people would look at white people. And what I mean by that is they would come to the conclusion that all white folks aren't good, that they're thieves, they're thugs, they're robbers, they're killers, they're rapists, they're terrorists, and so on. But if the media, the news on the media, only shows you one race of people or darker skinned race of people, and that becomes the major news network, can, can I let me give you another example? <clears throat> we just had a case. This young man, Aubrey, uh, went through a particular neighborhood, uh, probably predominantly white, uh, jogging through a neighborhood, saw a house that he was either was for sale or a house that was being worked on, but became curious, decided to go in, check the house out, uh, came out of the house, did not see, did not have anything in his hand. Uh, the owner of the house would later report nothing was taken out of the house. But three men, a father, a son, and a neighbor decided that this was it for them. They were going to do something about this black man, this African-American male going coming through their neighborhood. He had to be up to no good. Now, where did that come from? What did that idea, <clears throat> that perception, that attitude, where did it come from? Did it come from the father always teaching his son, don't believe in black people. They're all criminals. They're all bad people, particularly if you see them in our neighborhood. Did they grow up in an environment where they was taught that we're all thieves, we're all thugs, we're all bad people? The neighbor, was he taught the same thing? Or was it something that every time they turned the TV on, that it was always that not feel good story about a young black male who rob somebody, a young black male who went through an affluent neighborhood and, 
and went in and stole something. Not necessarily so. You know, most of the stuff that go on with black on black crime usually happens in their own neighborhood. Usually happens in their own environment. Very rarely are you going to hear a story where you're going to hear young African-American males went to the high end of, of, of a expensive or plush uh, housing district and decide to rob and steal folks. They understand that those places are heavily secured and they would easily get caught. So they're not as stupid as they act or as stupid as they sometimes end up being. But still, most of the time they're they're robbing and killing and stealing right from the people that they live with and see every single day. So again, back to these this father and son and this neighbor, what what made them what stirred them up enough to make them decide that on that particular day that they were going to stop this man. They were already armed. So one could only think that they were ready for a confrontation. They were not ready to say, hey, bud, what's going on? We just want to stop, talk to you. And he understood that something wasn't right. And that's what made him do everything he could to get away from them. But they, did, they weren't having it. They decided, no, today is going to be the day. Something is going to happen today. Subsequently, the young man was shot and killed. The father who had a relationship with someone or either he was a former police officer. I don't know his story, but he had a connection uh, with whoever worked in the uh, attorney's office or whoever worked in law enforcement center that had power, decided to bury the incident, decided that, hey, it was it was a it was a good kill. It was a good kill. And if not for others who were able to get this thing out, if not for the the. The man putting the video out, I guess, thinking after a while, I better do something before this get out in the public. And I end up being a part of the people that's going on trial. And when it came out, the story, the narrative was different than what everybody who who thought they knew that these people were going to get off. were going to get off. I, I even can go as far back to George Floyd. Uh, there was a situation where the store owner thought that this black man, uh, and I think the store order, or the store owner was not white. I think he was Asian. I think I'm not sure, but he thought that the money was counterfeit. Called the police. The police came, and again we talk about de-escalate and escalate. You know, uh, but see if your imagery is. As a police officer or whoever, as the Asian guy, if your image is because of what you've seen on TV and what you hear and what you probably experienced a few times, if that's all in your mind and when you see a black male that you normally don't see with a $100 bill or a $20 bill, you're immediately thinking this is not real, this is counterfeit. If you got a call if the police have gotten a call to that particular store or that particular neighborhood over and over again, now your perception is what have somebody did now that's wrong? Not I'm taking it case by case. Not I'm taking the same thing with the Asian brother. Not that I'm taking it individual after individual. The assumption is made because what we've done is now we're looking at everybody the same way. We're looking at everybody as being a criminal. 
We're looking at everybody as being a thug. We're looking at everybody being up to no good. And so they show up. Uh, they decide to arrest him. Uh, one officer decided to put his knee on his neck while he begged for his life. While he, this grown man laying on this ground is yelling for his mother. And he subsequently dies. In the backstory of the Aubrey case, those men were just convicted. The father and son, life, no parole. The, the other man, life, but after 30 years, he could possibly get parole, which means that they'll all probably die in prison if, if their conviction stands. The police officer who killed uh, George Floyd, going to jail. I don't remember how much time. Now his other officers are going to be going to court to see what happens with their fate, who stood around and allowed this man, this police officer, their their partner, their, their co-worker, to be on this man's neck, his knee on his neck, and did, didn't do nothing but keep the crowds away, didn't do anything but make sure nobody else got close to the whole situation that was going on. They all accepted whatever the outcome was going to be and left it alone. I think about the Trayvon Martin case. Trayvon is at his dad's house. He decides to go across the street to a store and get some Skittles and something else. On his way back, this security guard, a neighborhood guard, sees him. And again, what is it? What he's seen on TV, the perception again. You know, watching TV, nothing but young black thugs. Whenever I see, whenever they come through this neighborhood, they're up to no good. Uh, or did he get that from the media, or had he had situations in that neighborhood that he had interactions that were negative with young black black males? And so here was another one, and I'm going to go ahead and confront this individual right now. They get into an altercation. Uh, Young Trayvon Martin is killed. This man is uh, acquitted uh, and doesn't spend any time in jail at all. But he escalated the situation by even interacting with this young man for no reason at all. And got off scot-free. Can I go back even further? Can I go back to when, uh, and, and I'm trying to remember the man's name, when he made the comment, can't we all just get along? The police officers had stopped him, and you watched on video how they pummeled him with hit after hit with the baton, hit after hit after hit after hit after hit. Now again, when interviewed by some uh, local whites, they said that y'all didn't see the whole video of what he had done. Again, how did they draw that perception? Because of television and every time the TV comes on, it's given a negative light to black men and young black men. Had they had situations in the neighborhood where they constantly had black men driving through their neighborhoods at a high rate of speed and so they wanted to get something done about that. 
or people have just been so used to believing whatever police officers say and whatever they do has to be a reason behind it. Now, if you believe that, then you really haven't checked out. And this is probably why I'm covering a lot of territory here today. This is probably why the whole issue of the uh, the uh, critical race theory is one that people are doing everything in God's power not to be allowed to be taught. Because it's almost like an alcoholic trying to get over alcohol. They say that the first thing you have to do is you first have to admit that you're an alcoholic. That's where the process of help starts. So if I'm believing that concept, I have to also believe that the first thing I have to be able to say is I'm a racist. I have issues with black people. Uh, I have issues with Asian people. I have issues with people of color. That would be the first start to recovery. And, and if you want me to, let's, let's switch it. I have issues. I'm an African-American person. I have issues with white people. I have issues with Asian people. That's your first process towards recovery. But see, it would appear that that there's only one dynamic that takes place. And, and, and can we go even further back? I, I, you know, I don't know. It just history just keep popping in my head. If we went back to the native, the natives, the Indians, and when history books that are now being kind of altered because they said Christopher Columbus and the word that really messed it up for everybody was discovered. Uh, it would be hard to discover something that's already existed or that is existing. You just happen to be able to get there and see it for yourself. So the, so if you really told a true story, you decided to take a trip to a land that you didn't think was occupied. And when you got there, you find out it was occupied. And if one would look at the true history. At that time, uh, if we talk about the Native Americans or the Indians and how uh, <clears throat> how uh, the Europeans came over and and somewhat took the land uh and then there were orders at one point in time that if you can't get them on reservations, kill every man, woman, and child. It was almost an attempt to wipe out a whole race of people. And this was done by white people. This was done by white people with power. White people who had made a decision that this was their world. And they had took ownership of something that did not belong to them. The world belongs to all of us. But one group of people had decided. Now, I want to be very clear about this. Not all white folks thought that way. And for and as I mentioned again about the critical race theory, the, the one good thing about history is history has a way of telling a true story. When you when you really read history you find out that there were every every step that we took, and I'm talking about African Americans, from the time that we got off 
of slave ships. The time we landed in Jamestown <clears throat> or Williamsburg or wherever we landed, that eventually we ran into good, decent white people who understood that what we was going through was wrong. And they didn't want to risk their lives and tell people what they were doing, but secretly they did all that they could do at the time that they could do it to help us. And that's not told enough as it relates to history. But there were good white folks out there through the time that we landed here throughout slavery, throughout the 50s and 60s, you know, that were right there with us, working hand in hand for us to have the rights that we deserve, the rights of being equal in this country. So I don't want that to be not be mentioned because it has to be mentioned just like today, just like now. You know, I believe that the majority of white folks that live on this planet are good, decent, wholesome folk that just want all of us. Rodney King, that was his name, the thing that happened in Los Angeles, to say Rodney King's quote, can't we all just get along? They even, I'm back to the Indians now, they even put smallpox in their blankets as they went to the reservations, hoping that might be another way to wipe them out. So if we were having a real conversation today, we would have to come to the conclusion that Systematically, we have been in at war since we landed here. Since we were taken from Africa, put at the bottom of ships, some tossed overboard because there was too much weight. We, we were cargo. We were never humans. Uh, we were just cargo. Go back and check the history. We were cargo. Um, and once we landed, we were sold separated, husband, wives, children, sold, separated into slavery. Names change, identity change. You are nothing and nobody. You are lower than an animal. And we survived. The strength of surviving and so it's a different dynamic when we sit down and talk about history in our homes. We talk about how we've been at war, not just with different communities, not just with the police departments, not just with folk at businesses, but we've also been at war with the government. If you go back and check your histories, not most of the time when you had a black group that wanted to do something positive in the neighborhood, like the Black Panther Party, the Black Panther Party was never put together to go and kill and steal and rob. They were put together to help blacks, to lift them up, to feed poor blacks, to do community programs, 
they were just an organization that was trying to do something positive. But during that time, and this is this is all historic documented, but J. Edgar Hoover, who has a building named after him, who was over the FBI, that whenever he saw any black organizations coming together to do good, his job was to destroy them. We had an elected official or a person that was put into a position of power who did not like people of color. That's why I say our fight has also always been with the government. This is all historical fact. Let me go back to critical race theory. That's why if you start teaching the truth for the next 10 years, what you end up doing, people, you start to wipe out hate. You start to wipe out separation. And what you start doing, you start bringing people closer together based on truth. You would have young white kids, young white females and males saying, well, Okay, mom, can you explain why did these things happen then? Then they explain it and say, okay, but what we've done now is we've decided to make the world a better place. We understand now that the only way we can truly be successful, we have to do it together. If there's any race of people out there that believe that one race will ever walk this planet by themselves, then they have no concept of real world talk and have no true concept of biblical principle. It'll, it'll never happen that way. This world will always be diverse until the Lord come and take it. And there's no group of people that can take another group of people from this planet. It'll never happen. So it would behoove us to do everything in God's power to work together. But these are the battles that we've had to face constantly. Can you imagine here we are now, there are white people saying, why are they so upset? They're just trying to make the voting better. But see, again, from a critical race theory about history, one does not understand what blacks had to go through. From a constitutional perspective, we had to get voted the right to vote. <laughs> Think about that. The, the only people that always had rights on this earth were white men. White men have always been able to do whatever they wanted to. Anything. And get away with it. Here we are. We had to go to our local officials and count marbles in a jar, take an on-spot test, and if we didn't pass it, our, we were denied the process to vote. When we went on jobs, we went to restaurants, we went in the back of restaurants. We lived in worlds where there was separate. You had white water fountains and black water fountains. You had white bathrooms and black bathrooms. They didn't want us. They didn't want to touch us. Didn't thought that we were there was something wrong with us. My I remember my uncle telling me when he went to a different country and how the white officers or the white military men would tell those foreign women not to mess with black men because they had monkey tails and and how 
those types of things were told over again when 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 we captured uh, uh, Germans or whatever, they still would put the blacks in the back of the train. Uh, they were even treated better than we were because we were black. African Americans who served in armed forces, who came home, came back to a still separate living situation, were not treated as heroes as their white counterparts were treated. They were still treated as second class citizens. I have my grandfather's story, my, not, not my grandfather, my uncle's stories of how he was treated when he came back home. That he was told to go home, take that monkey suit off because you're not in the military now. You're just nobody. Can you imagine how that would make you feel if you were a white officer or a white military man just came home and a cop pulls you over and tells you, go home and take that off. You're nothing now. You're back here. Of course, you can't imagine that. It would have never happened to you. So when we look at history from an African-American perspective, we've had to battle so much for so long. I think you can understand why we're very cautious about everything. You go to a job, and most of the people who are in charge are white. The first thing you think about if you're African-American and you got some sense, first thing you think about, well, I'll never be promoted here. You go to a restaurant and most of the people out in front are white. Most of the people in the back are black in the kitchen cooking. Okay, they, they, they feel like they can make more money, I guess, by not having us out there on the floor. There are perceptions that are all already created. And then we come up with perceptions on why we're being created that way. Or why we're being treated that way. How many places, if you get in the car tomorrow and start traveling around to different places, you would count more white managers. You would count more white supervisors. You would count more white business owners than you would count blacks. Is that because we don't have the knowledge? Is it because we don't have the know-how? Or would it be because it's the system has been set up for us not to ever get ahead, not for it to ever, ever be equal? That's why history becomes important. I think it becomes imperative that the world can't move forward until you're willing to understand what happened in the past and why it can't repeat itself. We cannot allow what happened on January the 6th, 2021, to ever happen again. Because if it, go, if it ever happens and it succeeds, our perception is we're going back to Africa, to a country I've never been to. Or we're going back to slavery. We're going back to unequal, separate but unequal. Is there a group of people that just believe they want the world to be like it was when nobody had rights but the white man? I hope not. And how many people that go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday, that's about the most spiritual place they are. And when they walk out that church door and they get back in their vehicle, they turn into the most hated individual 
inside and out that they have to deal with every day. How many of us every single day are just putting on a show? It is time for us to to wake up. It is time for us to come together. We got to make sure that people understand that we will not let you take our system of government away from us. There have been case after case after case when everybody was screaming election fraud, election fraud. Trump really won. Trump really won. Remember, he was supposed to become president again a few months after the election. Uh, he was. This was all going to go away. None of that happened because it wasn't going to happen. The people who went and, and went and counted votes found out that no, uh, Biden really won. You know, I, I almost could see this happening when when uh, Obama won twice that they would have did that, but they didn't. They just got prepared to make sure they, that he wouldn't win or, you know, that, hey, we got to get another Republican in as president. And what really hurts me more than anything or what saddens me, won't hurt me, but saddens me is to have. A whole party of people. This is our close here. We, we have a system of government where the ultimate goal is supposed to be that we work hand in hand. We ha- we're going to have differences of opinion. Right. But the ultimate goal is for us to work hand in hand to make our country and that keyword underline the word our our country a better, productive, secure place to live. And now we have a system of government that is totally separate. I, I, I honestly never thought that they would come when I would see people who literally don't want to have anything to do with each other. And as long as they can go to whatever area of town they live in and have those same people that somehow have the same beliefs or won't speak up and say, no, that's not how I want. I'm not I'm not voting for you for you to be hating on other people. I'm I'm voting on you to make our community better. But people don't have an they don't have no no qualm or no no. No fear about standing up saying, I don't care what y'all say. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to believe what I want to believe and ain't nothing you can do about it because I got enough votes or I got enough support for people to support me regardless. Can it be that true that if we went to those Republican districts that they all hate black people? That they all hate equal justice under the law? That they all hate the fact that you know, the Bible says that the bottom shall rise to the top, that you can do everything. You, you can't stop progress. You might delay progress, but you can't stop progress. What you're supposed to do is get in there and work with progress, not work against progress. Change will come whether you like it or not. People have died for centuries. Because of change. People will continue to die. Because of change. I wish. I hope and pray. 
But our white brothers and sisters who want things to be right, too, will speak up to those ones who don't and say, hey, you can't stop time and you can't stop change. And when you delay it, you're only hurting the people behind you. Those young kids who are not going to be as hateful as you are. They're going to be more understanding. They're going to be more open to relationships with other people besides white. They're not going to have issues with people of color. And then they're going to be confused. Why did you all try so hard to keep them separate? Why did you try so hard for for us not to interact with each other? Why didn't you believe that they could be educated? Why you had an issue with them living in your same neighborhood? Those are going to be the questions that's going to come up. It's hard. I don't. I don't know how to end this because there's no ending, and so I'll just leave it to be continued till the next time I, I want to discuss it. May God bless us, and may heaven continue to smile on us, and may we not give up on us. Oh yeah, peace.